You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Scott, you were at practice today, and I think the main thing from practice was Taylor Hall finally out there um, practicing with Bertuzzi for the first time and you know, we're not sure they were kind of cryptic about it, but he could be back for Thursday. Yeah. So he was out of the no contact Jersey. He took practice reps on a regular line on the third line with coil and Bertuzzi. And throughout the season, that's the sign that they're about to play in a game. When you are in a regular practice Jersey and taking reps on a regular line, Oh, and by the way, he gets the center ice stretch at the end of practice. Those have been all the signs that you are about to play your first game. That is what it was with Marchand, with McAvoy, with us when he came back. It's the telltale sign that Montgomery after practice says he's doubtful, says, you know, he's still checking boxes. Uh, Hall himself said there's still some conversations to add. He's not really sure. I'll know in the morning. So it depends. Do you, do you want to take Montgomery at his word when he says he's doubtful for Thursday? Or do you look back and remember that Montgomery intentionally lied to us about Marshand when he was ready to return? And then, you know, the next day apologized and said, Oh, I had to kind of do that. Like, I'm sorry um as long as you apologize for it (laughs) yeah we'll we'll see it's possible he's telling us the truth this time Mm. but all all the signs were there in practice i mean he he wasn't held back he took contact not that there's like a ton of contact in practice obviously but there's 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 some bumping they did some battle drills um i my gut feeling is he's gonna thursday here about people listen to this it's Thursday morning so maybe morning skate we find out for sure but my my gut reaction is he's playing Thursday night Scott you broke up a little bit there but I'm just gonna like say what you just said your gut feeling is that he's gonna play Thursday uh, based on what you saw in practice I I mean I'm encouraged also by the fact that he practiced where he did um I do think that he, I think you don't take into consideration what Montgomery said because it's a little bit of gamesmanship when he talks about the lineup and, you know, oh, he might not be ready. Um, We had heard reports. We weren't sure how true they were. And I'm still not sure how true they were. This could be, you know, its its own separate narrative um, that Hall felt like he was ready to come back. So if that was true um, and he's ready to come back now, it would make sense to get him in on next game on Thursdays against Toronto. And uh, I think it's key to get him back before the end of the regular season, just to see how that line looks with Coyle and Bertuzzi. I, for one, am 
excited to see it because never in my life did I think I was going to see a line that had Taylor Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi on it at the same time. So I just think it's like, it's intriguing to me how that's going to work. I think there's such like, their personalities couldn't be more different. Um, but yet I think that they'll work together. And I think with Coil in the middle, I think that it, it should work. Um, maybe right off the bat, maybe it'll take a few games, but um, I'm excited to see it. So I really do hope that Thursday is the day we get to see it for the first time. Yeah, and it's definitely important to get some regular season games in because Hall and Bertuzzi haven't played together. Obviously, Coyle's played plenty with both of them, but separately. It's always been Trent Frederick on the right. And, you know, as I've talked about before, like that's it's a different dynamic if you're Charlie Coyle. You know, having he's almost always had at least one kind of bigger bodied presence who can play like puck protection game and, you know, maybe slow things down, cycle in the off offensive zone like that kind of style and not that Hall and Bertuzzi can't do that but they want to play for the most part they want to play at a little faster pace you know especially Hall wants to play off the rush use his speed to the outside um, Bertuzzi's kind of you know a bit of a go-go-go player he wants to take some chances he isn't you know like good chances he wants to get pucks to the net, he wants to put passes into dangerous areas and isn't always, you know, cycle, cycle, cycle. So there could be some adjustments and some getting used to that uh, for Coyle having two wingers like that and not a Frederick or a Felino. So, yeah, if they can get a few games here down the stretch, then that's going to be pretty important. And when Smith was good, he was a go, go, go kind of player. I know this season has been a little bit different, but like Hall's played alongside Smith, who has had a little bit of that to his game when he was on his game. Um, I also think of Taylor Hall as a good puck protection player. Obviously, he's better when he can play off the rush, but he's got the size and he can protect the puck um, pretty well. I'm, I'm excited to see it as a line. Um, I've been waiting for it ever since they brought Bertuzzi over and it looked like that could be the formation. Um, and not only that, it's important to see how it looks before the playoffs, because maybe if it doesn't look good, you know, you, you have other options to consider. We talked about how you're going to have to bring guys out of the lineup that have earned their spots, like Trent Frederick, where, where is he going to go? Uh, Nick Felino, where is he going to go when he comes back? So you have a lot of options. Uh, this would be plan a for the third line, but, uh, you're going to get a chance to see whether or not it looks as good as you think it might. Um, obviously, all those guys on paper are – you could argue all those guys are not bottom six players. Like, you could argue these are second-line guys that you have playing on a third line. And one of the things that we'll hear in the interview with DeBrusque is how important that bottom six is in the playoffs, and and that's something that this team is very aware of. Yeah, for sure. And, and as far as Frederick, you know, he was down on the fourth line at Wednesday's practice with no second Hathaway. And it's like, that's, it's going to be a little different role for him too. Like he's, he's done that before. So it's not like it's a totally new experience for him, but you know, this year he's been in a little bit more of an offensive role and we've seen him had to have a career year offensively. And obviously you know, the Bruins are going to want him to still score and contribute offensively in the fourth line. But there's also, like, that line has an identity as kind of a defensive physical line. And, you know, I do think, like, at times his physical game has 
maybe lacked a little bit when that line is, you know, playing offensively and cycling. He's not have to be as physical in that situations where it's like, Hey, you're, you know, that line's going to be kind of counted on bring some energy, set the tone. So, you know, throw an, an extra hit or two here and there. Yeah. I, and so I guess that brings us to when the lineup's going to be fully healthy. Um, so we're still waiting on Nick Felino and Derek Forbert to be ready. Uh, timeline, Scott, did you get any update on a timeline at practice today? Nope. Uh, Felino's still in a no contact Jersey. Um, so nothing new there. Forbert hasn't started skating yet. Uh, Montgomery said, you know, even like on his own, he hasn't really been on the ice. He's still doing off work stuff. I did see, see Forbert walking around and like he didn't have a brace on or anything. So we have um, a limp. which did uh, have a limp? I didn't notice a limp. I, I mean, I only saw him walking for, I don't know, maybe 20 feet or so. So I only you know, asked I because I only asked because I broke my toe yesterday. And I walked all the way to Fenway with the worst limp. <laughs> and I think I looked like well, a crazy person. So. Yeah. I mean, I would guess that a broken toe do that. I almost called out, but then I was like, ah, it seems a little late to call out. And I just taped my toes together and I walked all the way down. So maybe he's, I mean, maybe he's at a better place than I am right now. <laughs> we never make it through the season without an injury. <laughs> By the way, one one of the things we talked about DeBrus, speaking of like, you know, injuries and battling through and just taping stuff together, like he, he said like in the winter classic, they like put a splint on his finger and had it like taped up because that was the first injury, it was the very first shift, and like throw him back out there and he said he was already on painkillers and so like you know, he didn't really quite feel the second injury as bad as uh mm-hmm. and, you know, as didn't feel it as bad as it was, he maybe didn't feel it quite right away. So, um, I need the what yeah, are, that... what are pain meds are. Can I have some? <laughs> Cause I couldn't sleep last night. Um, I need, I need the Bruins medical staff over here real quick. Cause my toe is not the color it's supposed to be. <laughs> Sorry. I want, uh, I want, I didn't, so I didn't actually break it, but I once badly bruised my toe because uh, stupidly, I was trying. This was when I was younger, but uh, I was stupidly trying to hit off a pitching machine while barefoot and <laughs> follow the pitch right off my foot. Oh, Scott, Scott, Scott. Scott. Well, like it, it was like summer, so I was just like you know hanging around the pool, hanging around the yard, and uh, seven yeah, beers. You know, didn't, really, didn't really didn't think about it until me. didn't really think about it until I followed it off and was like that was really stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you've heard about our current injuries. Um, Scott, is there anything else you wanted to go over Bruins practice wise before DeBrusque? And like I said, we'll respond after because I did have some thoughts about some of the things he said. Uh, The last thing from practice, David Krejci was out there in a regular Jersey to start, but did not finish practice. Um, Hmm. I didn't catch exactly when he left. I noticed he wasn't out there when they did power play drills and he was not um, and after that, he's still a little sore and was questionable for Thursday. So we, we kind of had an idea that, you know, when he missed Sunday's game, that there was actually 
something semi-legitimate Montgomery City probably wouldn't have been able to play, you know, even beyond just resting him. So seems like he is still dealing with like something a little bit lingering and it's possible that he misses another game, which, you know, that could also shake up the lines. Like, you know, it'd be interesting to see who they mm-hmm. put up there. Um, so that was going to be my next for. question. Yeah. That was going to be my next question because if you want to keep that coil line together, like the hall coil Bertuzzi, if Hall's back, you want to see that for an extended period of time. And, you know, if Krejci's out, you don't have the check line. So you, you wonder where the center comes from to replace Krejci um, in that kind of a situation. Um, and, and you know what? It's not, I, I don't hate the idea of resting Krejci if he needs rest, like rest him the rest of the season, if that's what he needs. Uh, he's one of the guys that we thought might need rest at this point in the year anyway. So I don't see any harm in, in keeping him out. Only a few games left. Um, and he's one of the guys who we mentioned this so many times, everybody's aware didn't have a full NHL season last year. His workload was much different last season. Um, He got up to NHL speed, but there was always a chance that at some point in time, he could feel the effects of an NHL season. So um, not necessarily surprising. I think kind of with him play it safe. Um, You already know what that check line looks like. There's not a lot of upside to keeping him in if he's not a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. It, it does become interesting to know like who they move up. I would, I would assume it's Zaka moves over to center, and then you fill in the wing. But obviously, you know the two natural choices to be the wing there would be Hall and Bertuzzi. But you want those guys to play together because you only have a few games to do that. So what about Frederick? Interesting. It could be Frederick. It could be Lauko. Like I'd still have a check line. Move move Lauko up. Yeah, true. That's still check. <laughs> they have so many checks you could throw anyone there. Yeah. You throw Zaboro. Throw Jacob Zaboro up there. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is, you know, we, we got a little bit of positive injury update today with the Hall thing. Um, the only thing I wonder is about Forbert, if he's not skating yet, what that timeline really is. Um, Felino is obviously much closer to coming back been forward but um you know obviously if we get that update we will let you know scott um in the past when we've seen people that haven't yet practiced how long does it usually take for them to come back i feel like it's been i mean we don't we don't know like until they're actually on the ice we just don't um you know montgomery fasting he's not so i I feel like it might not even be game one. Like I could see that mm-hmm. being something towards the middle of the first round. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely don't expect him in, in the regular season. No, I, I don't either. I'm, I'm wondering about the first round really at this point. Um, so it's concerning, but it's not in that you have other really good penalty killing defensemen. Like we, we mentioned last episode about Brendan Carlo, you also traded for Orlov at the deadline. So you added that depth for, you know, your top six defensemen. You also have Zaboral that you've been working in. So it's one, it's, it's one season, Scott. And I can't remember another season in recent time like this, where you're, you have a defenseman down and you're not going, Oh my God, who are they going to put in there? Like they have options to put. Yeah. I mean, that's why they stack all these defensemen. Like, 
going into the year early in the season, we're thinking, oh, they're going to have to trade a defenseman at some point, right? Like once McAvoy comes back, they have too many. There's Forbert and Riley and Grizzlick and they signed Anton Strahlman and Jacob Zaboros here. And it's like, nope, this is why they didn't trade any of them. This is why they then traded for Dmitry Orlov on top of all that. Like they've been burned in the past when they haven't had enough NHL caliber defensemen. And, you know, even still, like they're still until Forber comes back, they're one injury away from Zaboral or potentially like a Riley getting called up, um, you know, from someone who playing who hasn't been a regular. So it, it can happen fast. Like it, it's still, you know, two or three injuries on the back end. And you're like, Oh boy. Like, I, I don't know about that bottom pairing. Uh, someone's playing in the top four that, you know, I don't really know if they should be playing those minutes. So the good news for the Bruins, they're deeper than anyone else on defense. Like whatever problems they might have with a couple injuries, other, other teams are even thinner. So um, they're still in a really good spot. And, Obviously, with Forbert out, they still have six really good defensemen playing. You hope that when he comes back, everyone else is still healthy, and then you do have easily the deepest decor going. Yeah, exactly. My thought is that like you're you're way better off than most other teams in terms of like I know Zaboral hasn't played a lot, but I think he's serviceable. And in a playoff series, you're like we've seen what it looks like when he's in. And they're they're winning games without you know Bergeron, Krejci, whatnot, and they have Zaboral in the lineup. They have that. The next guy up is really not that huge of a drop off. He's not he's not a top six guy, but he's not such a big drop off that you're wondering you know is he a liability? Um, obviously, it also depends. Is the guy like that gets injured McAvoy? That's a huge difference. 